everyone. Welcome back to Bridgerton Fancast. We're a fan-created podcast about our favourite show, Bridgerton. I'm Michelle. I live in the States. You can find me at Musings on Instagram and Twitter, and I have not read the Bridgerton books. And my name is Rita. I live in England, and I'm at Annoying Rita on Instagram and Twitter, and I am the book reader. Before we begin, we wanted to take a moment to say thank you to Erin McSheff for her kind review and not so subtly beg for all of you to please take the time to rate and review us uh, or share the podcast with a friend who might enjoy it. Uh, we do really appreciate the support. But anyway, so after all the fun we had last week, <coughs> cough, uh, let's talk about the penultimate episode of series two, shall we? It's titled Harmony and was written by Oliver Goldstick and directed by Cheryl Dunn. Rita, take it away. I'm sorry, I'm still laughing at Goldstick as a last name. I know, right? (laughs) (laughs) Anyway, the episode began. Lady Whistledown brought us into the episode with a speedy recap of the last week's complete disaster in a scathing reproach of the Queen's involvement in the entire affair from the designation of Edwina as Diamond to the fiasco of the Bridgerton Sharma wedding that was on her own home turf, lest we forget. Yes. Needless to say, the Queen was not amused. An official explanation is needed, especially for the families involved, before everyone in the ton is losing their minds with their own speculations. Meanwhile, Kate lays in bed, awash with memories of what happened after everyone was sent home. The kiss, not the tooth-crushing monstrosity of episode six, (laughs) but one filled with all of the teasing and nose-nuzzling we've come to expect from these two. Thank you, (laughs) Deepas! That is until the maid arrives with a brisk knock on the door, wrenching Kate from her reverie, with the announcement that their baths were ready. Their baths? Well, a second later, and each of the three Sharmas are ensconced in their own bathtubs, and the tension is as thick as the haldi paste used a few days before. Edwina's heartbreak and anger is palpable, as she declares she's finished with her bath before Kate can utter a single word. After she leaves the room, Mary suggests Kate try the lily soap to help her calm her nerves. Seems like Kate's been dipping into that soap a lot, but more (laughs) on that later. Meanwhile, over at Bridgerton Central, General Violet is declaring the family needs to go out on a promenade to show a united front. Her troops seem less than convinced, especially a very unshaven Anthony. Um, (laughs) Eloise, on the other hand, tells the crew she must go shopping for new gloves again. How many times has she gone shopping? (laughs) Now, who actually believes that gentle audience? You know, none of us. But Violet does. Turns out she's going to make her way over to see her new obsession, Toby Tito Theo, whatever his name is, um, (laughs) until she's stopped by a violently red and gilt carriage belonging to Her Majesty herself. (laughs) Seems she's got something she wants to talk about. Why did nobody else in the household notice the fucking queen arrive, by the way? (laughs) I think that they were already gone. I think that they'd already left. Conveniently. 
the servants didn't leave. I know, right? Gossip would spread. <laughs> anyway, let's head to the park where the promenade is in full swing and Lady Danbury is leading the Sharmas into the fields of battle. Straight into the fire. A favourite pastime of mine. Now, remember, it was a mutual understanding about a private matter between Miss Edwina and the Viscount. That is all we are to say on the subject. Efforts to greet members of the Tom met with everything from smirking, side eyes, to the cut direct. Lady Mary is convinced they owe no one an explanation, and Lady Danbury remains hopeful that they will be able to find Edwina a husband yet. Oh, the delusion. <laughs> Neither of the younger Sharmas appear to be very convinced. Yeah. Over on the other side of the river, the Bridgertons are receiving a similar reception, with the crowd doing everything possible to flee from being seen uttering a word to the Viscount or his lovely mama. Don't look. Although Lady Featherington does spend quite some time smugfully comparing how the turns have tabled for the two families before leaving the scene. Penelope, however, does offer her condolences to the family before being called away by her mother, barely containing gleeful giggles over the circumstances. <laughs> I mean, barely. Meanwhile, the queen has sequestered Eloise in her carriage and confronts her on why she toddled off to a print shop in the middle of her brother's wedding. Excellent question! She suspects that uh, Eloise is Lady Whistledown. After all, Eloise is rarely mentioned in the scandal sheet, and she is pretty much known for her disdain for society. This coupled with the fact that Eloise failed to offer up a single Whistledown suspect when asked last season, and... Well, the writing appears to be on the wall. The queen gives Eloise three days to confess or face exposure to the ton, who will not only seek their revenge, but will double down on the disgrace the Bridgerton family is already facing. The Sharmas and Bridgertons meet up at the Danbury house to discuss their plan of action to win back ton approval. They decide that they will present a united front and that if the reason behind the cancelled wedding is of no consequence to them, how can anyone else mind? Mm -hmm. And how will they do that? A ball, of course. <laughs> of course. A ball. A suggestion of which triggers almost simultaneous eye-rolling disbelief from Anthony, Edwina, and Kate. Seeing Anthony's collective discomfort, Edwina offers that her sister and the Viscount have been doing so well at lying. Doing so for a little while longer shouldn't be an issue for them. However, seconds later, when Newton comes clambering into the room and happily bounds over to Anthony with a friendly yip, what a plot twist. I know, right? <laughs> He's a judge of good character, indeed. Mm -hmm. uh, while Anthony and Kate attempt to get the dog away, they immediately begin to eye-fuck one another, as they <laughs> do every time they're in the same room, Edwina. Was I truly that blind? <laughs> yes. Yes. Yes, yes you, you were. You, were. you mm -hmm. really were. Yeah. Uh, for this plan to work, Anthony must stay in opposite ends of the room from one another because they are the very definition of the word besotted. Yes. I also loved that Lady Danbury sort of shoved her walking stick between <laughs> yes, them, like, get away! Get away! And <laughs> Kate's like, Lady Danbury, like, hey, you two need, like, buckets of water dumped on you on a regular basis. Um, Anthony agrees to this, but makes a broody exit. Vo Violet follows after him and tells him 
that this solution is just a temporary effort to misdirect the scandal, but it does nothing to address Anthony's goal of marrying that season. He reminds his mother that he has three other brothers who can continue the line and admits that he's failed, both her and his father, at more things than she could possibly know and relies on his mother and Danbury to make certain the plan will work. Uh, uh, don't worry, Eloise will ruin it. <laughs> exactly. <sighs> Back at Bridgerton House, and speaking of, Eloise is swimming amidst her dozens of copies of Whistledowns when Penelope arrives to discover her friend's distress. Eloise tells her of the visit from the Queen and decides to confess to being Whistledown if only to protect her family, which lights a full-blown full grown panic under Penn's skirts. Now, why on earth would you do that, Eloise? Uh, because she went out to go slumming with the prick boy again against your strenuous objections, Penn. Well, Penn tells Eloise to avoid going back there and to wait for Lady Whistledown's next publication and use that to prove her, in her innocence. And life's getting a little stressful for Pet. I mean, Lady... I mean, Pat, Penelope, what? Okay. Time's yeah. confusing. Who is she? <laughs> Time to visit your partner in this mess, Madame Delacroix, in the middle of the night. Nothing yeah. sus about, the I mean, who, with, are these girls ever chaperoned anyway? No. Penelope breaks the news about the Queen's inquiries to Genevieve, who is trying not to panic, uh, not doing a great job of it. Mm -mm. Pen hopes she's heard something in the shop that might help, but... No luck there. Genevieve then suggests that Penelope writes something about Eloise she would never write about herself. Honestly, this was the obvious solution. But uh -huh. Penelope puts the caboose on that notion. She could never ruin a friend. I mean, her own family, Colin. Sure, but Eloise, no. <laughs> <laughs> Meanwhile, over at the Royal Academy, the Bohemians are having a lovely party slash orgy again. <laughs> Anthony Gate crashes in search of his brother, Benedict, who is there to remind the artist about his own responsibilities to the family. He is <laughs> second in line, after all. Benedict reveals he's noticed the way his elder brother stares at Kate. And this is not consistent with the previous episode, writer's room! When he was mm -hmm. like, what's going on? I mean, <laughs> okay. Before uh, telling yeah. him he should try a shift of perspective to see if that helps matters. Personally, I think we should just get him some of whatever was in that tea. Yeah. Yes. <laughs> oh, I love that line, Anthony. Back at the tea again. <laughs> <laughs> I, right. But didn't he look proper fucked up in that? I was like, he, oh, looks, yes. he looks, what is going on with Benedict? Do we oh, need to yes. worry? <sighs> I don't know. He may need an intervention. Um, let's see. The next day, the Bridgerton Danbury Sharmas attempt to sway public opinion their way once again, this time by putting on a united front at an art gallery. Once again, the whole ton are there in force. Don't these people have anything else to do than all be at the same place at the same time? <sighs> no. <laughs> I'm silly, Michelle. Okay. Anyhow, the squad splits up to do damage control. Anthony takes this opportunity to offer his formal apology to Lady Mary. She boxes his ears a teensy bit before acknowledging she'd abdicated much of her responsibility for guiding her family following her husband's death, leaving it all up to her daughter Kate. To do so, thereby sacrificing much of what she wanted to care for the family. Sound familiar, Anthony? Hmm? 
Mm-hmm. You can Maybe literally see the light bulb going off above his head. I know, right? <laughs> like, oh. oh okay. <laughs> um, over at Will Mondrich's new club, guests are thin on the ground until Lord Featherington appears requesting a brandy and the host's attention. Seems he's gotten through his late cousin's ledgers. Apparently they were really detailed. I do not buy that. And may have made a discovery related to Will's sudden good fortune. (laughs) I respect a self-made man, no matter what means he uses to make himself. I'll ask no more questions of you than you ask of me. Yeah, it was too good to last. It appears there will be more business for the Featheringtons and Mondridges to do with one another, as the Ruby Mine scheme begins to reveal itself. We await (laughs) this clusterfuck. Yes. Elsewhere, Theo is working away at the print shop because he has an actual job, Eloise. When who Mm -hmm. should appear at the door but Eloise? So much for Penelope's advice, Bridgerton. He is (laughs) clearly not happy to see her. Apparently the Queen's people have been around and he almost lost his job earlier because of it. He reads the house down around her ears. The fact that (laughs) Eloise is back there again after everything that's gone down in the past 24 hours demonstrates how clueless she is of the circumstances of those who don't walk the tree-lined streets of Mayfair. He sends her packing with barely a backwards glance. Bye-bye! Bye! Bye-bye-bish! Back at the gallery, the plan seems to be working on the gullible ton as the mamas spread their plan for a ball. However, things between the Sharma sisters remain cold. Edwina questions whether the true love about which Kate once read to her from her father's books even exists. After she leaves, Antony, at long last, spots his chance to speak with Kate. While he wishes to talk about the kiss they shared, Kate will have none of it. She tells them they should be ashamed of that kiss before leaving a very frustrated-looking Anthony. (laughs) Back at Featherington House, Penn struggles to come up with something to write for her next whistle-down column before she wanders down the hall to see Colin. Apparently, the ruby necklace she had to wear at the wedding caught his eye, and resulted in a meeting with her cousin. Penn's happiness is clear for all the world to see. Colin thanks her for being such a loyal friend. Sensing a trend here, anyone? And asks her to keep his interest in the minds between them and away from Anthony. Sensing a mistake! (laughs) Oh, yeah. Meanwhile, Portia reminds Jack, who loves it when she refers to the mind scheme as our business... (laughs) (laughs) She reminds him not to accept the bid from the Bridgertons, seeing as how they are above a repro- Oh, did I say that out loud? Mm, My bad. Okay, so Mm -hmm. despite the fact that they only came up with the plan yesterday, the house is being prepped for the ball. That's insanity. That's 24 hours. Mm. Anyway, (laughs) Penelope arrives (laughs) to see Eloise, and unsurprisingly, she's still freaking out. The only thing she can think to do is confess to being Lady Whistledown to bide some time until she can find the real Whistledown and, quote, make her pay for her crimes, end quote. <laughs> Eloise, it's just a society gossip sheet. Please take it down several notches. <laughs> anyway, Penelope looks scared, and so would I, because yeah. that was weirdly dramatic. Uh, mm-hmm. <laughs> later that night... The Bridgerton family descends the stairwell towards their ground ball, only to find there's no one there, and the utter emptiness is oppressive. 
<laughs> oh, but you can see all the flowers. It's a oh, sh- aggressive amount of flowers. Again. <laughs> Again. <laughs> Again. Again. Uh, the Sharmas and Lady Danbury arrive. Literally, they're only guests. Benedict prepares to bail so he can, you know, have more orgies before Anthony decides chain- mm. a change of perspective is required. He calls for his baby sister to come down for a dance. Gregory is then like, bitch, please, I'm here too. And <laughs> they all run the bad place, a country dance, and everyone swirls and skips. And it's just a lovely moment of joy. Something that has been sorely missing for the last two episodes and lasts for about 30 seconds. Uh, Edwina really not feeling that vibe as she sees how happy Kate and Anthony look to be able to dance together and to be fair uh, her farewell wedding was literally three days ago (laughs) too soon too too soon it's too soon come on people oh gosh Violet admits to confusion she thought their plan was working. Where the hell is everyone? Right on cue, the arrival of the lady, latest Lady Whistledown column arrives, which targets Eloise and her recent trips to the wrong side of town. Should our lives be distilled down to the sum total of our choices, then Miss Eloise Bridgerton has certainly made a dangerous, perhaps ruinous one for she's apparently been associating unchaperoned with improper company. Political radicals, in fact. We then cut to a distraught Penelope who sobs as she breaks her quill and throws it into the fire. Downstairs, Portia Featherington gleefully encourages Jack to pursue an arrangement with Colin. Now that the Bridgertons are fully steeped in scandal... They are fair game. Dun, 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 dun. Meanwhile, back at the Bridgertons, the party starts to disband as they realize they are once again ruined, ruined! with the capital oh. R. <laughs> you know, they started off with rake with a capital R. Now it's ruined with a capital R. Anyhow, they should be used to it by now. What is this like the fourth time they've been ruined? Yeah, pretty much. Uh, Anthony goes out for a brood. Kate tries to encourage Edwina to leave, but still upset, Edwina tells her that she might not know who she is, but she is the kind she is kinder hearted than her sister, which sends Kate outside for her own brood and sets off a collision course under a gazebo that has suddenly appeared in the garden of the Bridgerton estate out of nowhere. Oh, and look, throws, pillows, and candles what do you know? I know. This can only be going one way. <sighs> but before we can get to the sexy part, they first have to have a good old-fashioned bicker. And this mm-hmm. time, mm-hmm. I think they were fighting about how much they fight, question mark. <laughs> uh, it's, I don't know. It's just fun foreplay, really. The argument sort of shifts into a conversation about how they have both been struggling between their pull towards each other and their duty to their family. I'm not going to break the lines down line by line because it's honestly too horny and I need to be able to finish this podcast. I mean, the way he smells her and then he says lilies. Ah! (laughs) Yeah, I mean, anyway. I came here resolved to save my family. Everything I have ever done. Has has been for them. You are the one who must stop. You are the one who must stop. 
Before what? Before we both finally do something for ourselves. Do it, guys! Be selfish! Yes! Yay! Seize the moment! (laughs) Anthony begs her to go inside because his resolve to be a gentleman is slipping. Kate is like, what did I say about you and your orders? And they start, like, making out. It's fantastic. Anthony keeps telling her he needs to stop and... She and every viewer watching is like, no, don't stop. Don't you dare. Don't you dare. Listeners, they did not stop. Thank God. (laughs) They headed on down to Bone Town. While the cover of Calvin Harris's How Deep Is Your Love played in the background. It's actually super beautiful and tender. uh, But then we abruptly cut to a very happy Anthony waking up in the gazebo (laughs) all alone without Kate. A sort of drops of rain starts to fall and it's like oh dramatic something's about to happen Uh, we then cut to Kate at home having very hot flashbacks to Anthony eating her out and who can blame her yeah oh my god she decides she needs to channel all that sexual frustration into a morning horse ride (laughs) thank you take us with you because we 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 need help after that scene (laughs) (laughs) oh my god Meanwhile, Anthony grabs his mother's betrothal ring, then heads on over to Lady Danbury's at the crack of dawn to propose to Kate ASAP. He sits in the parlor, drenched with rain, waiting for her, only to find out she is not at home. He knows where to look for her, of course, and finds her out for a super intense horse ride in the pouring Hollywood rain. I mean, it's... Yeah. Um, when she goes to jump a fence, her force, her horse refuses and she falls back in slow motion and whacks her head on some random boulder that has appeared out of nowhere. Anthony screams, Kate, as the episode ends. Dun dun dun! Will she be okay? Probably, because there's still like another hour and a bit to go. Yes. (laughs) Yes. Okay. Oh, God. And that boulder was, like, huge. And it was like, okay. Where the fuck did that boulder come from? (laughs) Honestly, if she hit that at at that, she would have been, like, stone cold dead. Also, have you ever been to Hyde Park? Yes. Did you see any boulders? No. Yeah. (laughs) Just saying. (laughs) Okay. (laughs) So what was your first impression of this episode? Oh, my God. It was like, it was, it was almost like I had been returned to the show <laughs> that had been going on prior to the insanity of the last episode. When we were all sort of trapped in yes. the palace with Edwina. And now yes. like, oh, I can breathe. <laughs> oh my God. It was like, oh, dear God, thank you for, for bringing us back here. Except it's the penultimate episode. <laughs> Damn it! I I I love oh, this episode. Oh, <laughs> I, mean, I, did I think. Too. Do you think it's one of the stronger episodes of the season? Because for me, I was uh, like, yes, absolutely, yeah. absolutely. I think they kind of organically pushed Kate and Anthony forward, um, while also preparing in that this new conflict with Eloise and Penelope. Mm-hmm. So it was. It was. I wasn't as bored as I have been with the side plots, which was delightful. Yes. Yeah. Very much. Uh, I think that, you know, and it makes me think, 
you know, would we be as excited about this episode, you know, minus the whole sex scene, of course, would be, would we be as excited about this episode if we hadn't had to sit through the, the fresh hell that was the wedding that wasn't that, that entire episode? Obviously, I think that has some kind of impact, yeah. but it's not going to fully sustain our in- enjoyment of the episode yeah. for the whole of it. You know what I mean? Like, yeah. it's not just that. I think there were things we've been waiting to see for the mm-hmm. whole season, and it's not just the sex scene. <laughs> but no. I think, um, <laughs> yeah, I th- I th- it was enhanced by how much we hated the previous episode. Yeah. But not all of it. I yeah. choose to be. I, I can't believe I'm the positive one. <laughs> <laughs> Not really my vibe usually. Um. How the turns are tabled. <laughs> um, <laughs> no, right. I, I, uh, you know, think that I don't. I I can't decide whether or not they could have done the sixth episode, um, like maybe halftime. <laughs> They uh, really could have. Yeah, yeah. It, so that we could have gotten to this a little faster. But, uh, you know, I thought this was fantastic. I, I can't, I can't even remember how many times I've rewatched it. Lost sleep so that I could watch this episode yeah. more. <laughs> like, <Yeah. laughs> oh my God. Um, <laughs> it's yes. a good episode. And it's a great episode. Not just the sex, but let's talk about the sex. Yeah. Yay! Let's talk about sex, baby! There were, like, a lot of contrived things about the way that sex scene happened. Yes, that was, like, where did that bloody gazebo thing come from? And <laughs> the blankets the and blankets, the pillows. The light candles. Yes, like the I know. were setting it up for them. Also, like, when he woke up <laughs> and she wasn't there, I was like, wait, why yeah. would she be there? She- Oh, were people waiting for her at the, at the ball? Where were Marion and we? How did she get home if it was not uh-huh. them? So many uh-huh. weird things going on there. So. Yeah, I'm, I mean, you know, it's like her mother and Edwina wouldn't have left without her because of all of the <gasps> bullshit that's been going on. Do you honestly Mary think- goes looking out for her daughter and she finds her having sex with Anthony. That would be hilarious. Anyway. Um, yeah. Oh, yeah. So, but anyhow. I mean, we, um, we keep calling it a sex scene, but there was a, you know, there wasn't any penetration. There was no. an absence of penis. But that's, I mean, <laughs> that doesn't make it less transgressional, okay? It still oh, counts. And Oh, my God. You don't need yeah, a penis I, to have sex, babes. Um, yeah, I mean, you know, his hand was up her skirt the second listen. they started kissing. <laughs> it was like, he was wasting no time like i can touch her i'm going in i'm going in man and then it was like nope i gotta back up i can't do this i gotta stop and she's like do not do not stop stop. i I love love that that. i love that kate was the one that took ownership of that decision i think that's like powerful for you know the mostly female audience to see but you know perfect for their relationship because Mm-hmm. I think she's always been much more coy about her feelings, you know, understandably, because mm-hmm. it's her sister that was engaged yeah. in. And just yeah. having her voice her feelings and her desires was, like, really important for them. Yes. And I also yes. just love how it was filmed. 
Unlike mm-hmm. the, clus- yeah, the-, the clusterfuck of the first kiss, I was like, yes, this is what I wanted. <laughs> yes, I know. I was so, I was so damn happy to see that kiss recreated but the better. way that it should have been. <laughs> yes. yes. It was like, okay, I don't remember any of this, this nose nuzzling or anything like that before y'all mashed faces <laughs> together last time. But you know something? I'm willing to forget. I'm willing to just kind of cast that aside. I don't say, know her. I don't proceed. know that first kiss. All I know is this. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> yes. Proceed. Um, oh, God. But, yeah, I mean, I think, it, you know, we had – and I couldn't help but compare kind of where we were sex scene-wise in comparison to season one because we got a lot of sex scenes in season one. In comparison to this season, because ain't got much time left to have them, but... Okay, but why if the final episode is just 90% sex and we're complaining? Like, who knows? Uh, Anything could happen. Um, Anything could happen. Anything. 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 And I'm going to find out soon, damn it. (laughs) (laughs) Um, But uh, I thought that that this scene was so erotic. Yes. Um, sensual like it wasn't se- sensual yes and just kind of it i i won't forget the scenes that we had in series one because they were hot they were delightful they were hot but god damn <laughs> this, this, whoo, whoo. they were just super intense i think like yes because of the build-up and the way he was like smelling her oh. and the forbidden nature of it when it finally happened it was yeah. like really oh emotionally was... fulfilling rather than just mm-hmm. like watching two hot bodies go at it soft core cool porn style. It was like, yes, because mm-hmm. honestly it was like tastefully done. It was mostly like mm-hmm. face shots. And like, I remember one moment with her hands intertwined and I was like, yes, Oh, oh this so is so, lovely. it's weirdly sweet as well. Mm-hmm. It's, like, it's like you're watching mm-hmm. these, these two people connect like in a new way. Yes. Yes. And in a way that, that that they have wanted to yeah. for so long. Um, I will say there were a couple of moments where I was just like, "God damn!" Uh, <laughs> there was a mo- <laughs> there was a moment where you know they did clasp hands, but I also saw that that his mouth he his mouth had been on her stomach. Yeah, because you could see uh, the saliva <laughs> on her stomach, and I was like. <clears throat> Okay. (laughs) And then, then the other moment where I was just like, oh my God, was the shot when she was, she was remembering. Yeah. She, she was remembering what had happened. This is, you know, back when she gets back back home. And there was a shot of him with his face between her legs. Between her legs. And he's like, and he's looking up at her. And I was like, Jesus, Jesus. Oh my God. Stop it. Stop it. For me, it was um, she puts her, her her most of her hand in his mouth. In one of the uh-huh. shots. I was like, uh-huh. "Oh my god! Oh lord! Like this it's is just the- fire! This is the first time these two yes are together, and it is fire like flame. Uh, yeah, yeah. They are very comfortable with each other instantly. <laughs> <laughs> Clearly." Clearly. I mean, the way oh they've been, my. like, rubbing up on each other for the previous episode. <laughs> it's like, that's sort of like cats in heat, just trying to, like, yes. <laughs> and 
now it's like, oh, we can finally fulfill this. Oh, my God. And it's really refreshing after, like, the Daphne season where, obviously... I mean, Kate's still a virgin, but there is the sense that she is a horse girl, so she knows about yeah. sex? Question mark, who's mm-hmm. her, a horse girl's hornier. Um, <laughs> she's just more in control of her own body and her sensuality. I mean, she was starting yeah. to masturbate in the earlier scene, so uh-huh. she's a, she already knows more than Daphne did. <laughs> so yes. Shout out yes. to her. Like, very proud of you, Kate. <laughs> So oh my gosh. Just like having a female character that takes ownership of that is really refreshing after the pure naivety yeah. of season one. It's like, yeah. Oh, this, yeah. I don't have to imagine myself into that scenario. <laughs> like, this no. Thank God. No. And th- no. it also just makes it slightly less awkward. I don't have to worry about, like, oh, does she feel guilty? Does she, like, you can, mm. you, well, she probably does feel a bit guilty, but not about the having sex bit you know the morality of it i think Mm -hmm. she just feels guilty because of edwina that's yeah when usually in romance novels it's like i shouldn't have done that i am a wanton and you're like oh calm down it's just an orgasm (laughs) (laughs) it's okay it's okay it's okay honey oh my gosh okay themes so this like this was the episode for duty versus family like this was yes i mean Honestly, I feel like this episode could easily have been named The Choice too, because I think it was mm-hmm. about Anthony making a choice to be happy above, you know, his family and shit. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Oh, God. I mean, it, it was it was almost when he says to her, you know, shouldn't we do something for ourselves yeah. or something he along those lines? He finished her sentence. I was like, get married. Yeah. Get married. Yeah. You found uh, the one. <laughs> And I love, you know, when, you know, she's talking about stuff and he's like, yeah. Yeah, I feel yeah, that way too. Because yeah. I get it. I understand exactly what you're going through. <laughs> that was um, the first time this season I felt like somebody got what Anthony was saying. He's had those mm-hmm. conversations with Violet and um, Daphne in the previous episode. And like mm-hmm. this week he was just like, we don't need to talk about this because I get uh-uh. I, I get it. Mm-hmm. And that was You get me, I get you. <laughs> Let's get married. Let's get together. <laughs> it's yeah. beautiful. And mm-hmm. I, I was wondering like last week we saw Edwina make her choice and Anthony make his choice this week. I feel like mm-hmm. they're setting up Kate to make her choice in the finale hopefully. Yes. Um Please, God. and I also thought it was <laughs> like the subplot also um was about that as well, like Penelope's choice. She's battling yeah. with her two dual roles, her choosing mm-hmm. between her role as Penelope as Eloise's sidekick, as the loyal friend, versus mm-hmm. this new one as Lady Whistledown, which is like mm-hmm. fulfilling this different need in her. Um, mm-hmm. And she chose Lady Whistledown instead of herself, which is very interesting. Yes, she did. Um, yeah. And we can dive into that later, but. You know, what I love is when the episode side plots feed into the main one thematically. Mm -hmm. So it does, like last week it felt like very all over the place, like it was just too many things. Um, (laughs) And this one... (laughs) Too many notes. It was too many things and they were like, we got that email that was like, they were all doing side plots in different parts of the palace. Uh, It felt a bit farcical and like this week was very like much more thoughtful. And I appreciate yeah, it. Thank you very much. 
Um, Very much. So Storylines. Oh, my goodness. Canthony. Do we dare talk about them anymore? We have to because I still have feelings. <laughs> I'm, I'm going to need some more ice water, okay. I think, if we talk too much about them. So let's try not to focus too much on... The sexy <sighs> parts. Okay, let's talk about the emotional yeah. parts, okay? The emotional parts, yes. Bit random. Um, I know we, previously we got this ask saying they preferred the show's version of the proposal because it felt like they were forced to marry after the bee thing in the book. Um, mm-hmm. But for me, I think having Eloise ruin the family, mm-hmm. it sort of gives Kate and Anthony this get out of jail free card because yeah. <laughs> now... <laughs> <laughs> they don't have any responsibility for ruining the family mm-hmm. and anthony didn't the focus has shifted <laughs> yeah, yeah An- the focus has shifted. anthony doesn't have to feel any guilt now right which in my opinion is kind of a similar cheat like he doesn't have to be forced to choose really mm-hmm. um and i think it would have been better character growth for him to make that choice and face the consequences yeah just saying um yeah. So, in many respects, I don't think it's that different from the book, guys. Yeah. Mm. But okay, which I am going to start reading that book as soon as I finish watching um, these episodes. I have to say that watching the show has made me really want to read the book again, like desperately. Ooh, um, awesome! I, book club coming up, ooh, people. It's. I think it's just like. <laughs> You get, to, like, to live in their skin a bit more when you're in their point of view in the book. So I just, I like, mm-hmm. I just want to knuckle right deep inside the Anthony right now. I'm just very Anthony focused. <laughs> uh, that sounded really creepy, like I want to wear their skin. I'm sorry. <laughs> okay, Hannibal Lecter. Right? <laughs> hey, I would be eating their skin if I was Hannibal, wouldn't I? Oh, that's true. Wouldn't okay, the Buffalo other guy Bill. That wore their skin? Buffalo Bill. Yeah, there you go. That's yeah. Uh-huh. weirdly trans... Phobic oh. film, but okay. Um, <laughs> I, <laughs> we're wildly off topic. Anthony. So yes. I was thinking, um, you know, we were talking about the way that they get each other. And I think yeah. this relationship with Kate really helped Anthony address who he is as a person mm-hmm. and confront his issues. Like, yeah. the process of allowing anthony to be happy is the main crux of the book and it's been really satisfying to watch it on screen because jonathan bailey has absolutely killed it and oh yeah i suspect kate's not quite there yet um because she still has to have a talk with her sister (laughs) like yeah yeah oh yeah They, they still have to have some kind of resolution uh because you know it is really clear and i know that we've got um um edwina and kate uh next on the list to to talk about um you know it is really clear that edwina uh, edwina um is still furious and terribly hurt and it's not been a week everything that happened yeah it's just been a day or two so you know it's it I'm shocked that the the woman was even willing to get out of that house. Yeah. And go do any of these things. Well, it's sort of in her her interest as well, I suppose. Yeah, but you know, is she really thinking about her interest at this point? I mean, I'm I'm sure she I could be. I don't think be, she wants to get married again. I don't know. As well, like No. I No, I think that she is just like had it. She has had it. And it's the last thing that she wants at this point. Yeah. And who can blame her? Yeah. 
Um, I, not me. Not <laughs> yeah. me. Not me. Uh, I did. I did love how she just handed the little nosegay of flowers yeah. that Anthony gave her. It was just like, okay. eh. no. uh. oh, thank you. <laughs> not for me. It's like no, 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 no. Um, but in terms of like the proposal, I think it's absolutely bonkers that mm-hmm. he's gone from trying, like, being at the <laughs> altar. <laughs> About to say I do to her sister. And then a handful of days later, he is grabbing that ring <laughs> to propose to Kate. Yeah, grabbing it and like fumbling I was with like, it. You know, like the same ring? Uh, yeah. I'm not sure if yeah. I'd be cool with that. <laughs> oh, man. Yeah, I, I I think that would be a little tacky. Yeah. <laughs> A little, a little bit, um, a little bit tacky. I thought what was sad was Anthony admitting he thinks his whole family hates him, <laughs> including his mother. Yes. Oh, yes. I was like, oh, that that, that was heartbreaking. Was so sad. I think yeah. outside of maybe Daphne, I don't think they really take the time to notice him as a person. No, you know, because you know he is he's Anthony. He's the Viscount. He's doing you know what he needs to do to kind of keep things running around the joint and they're not you know that no one pays attention to the trauma that he experienced you know after his father's death you know and they threw him into that role um you know and almost immediately he's having to have that conversation with his mother as she's in labor um <laughs> about you know, they're asking you who you want to live. Yeah. That's what they're asking you. And it's not the question they should be asking you. But it's- you need to be asking me. And it, yeah, I mean, you know, it's like nobody pays attention to how he's feeling, t- how he feels. He showed up for that promenade thing and his entire family was ribbing him for his failed. Yes. I was just like, yeah, I get that it's cute and funny. Yeah. But also, this but, is traumatizing. On, people. <laughs> like he is upset. He has he hasn't shaved. Uh, right. They're all like making <laughs> jokes about it. Like he has feelings. Yeah. <laughs> What's wrong with everyone? Oh. <sighs> and they're all like, uh, he's just a robot with that goes around <laughs> going about duty and blah blah blah. It's <laughs> like he's like almost crying in front of you every like, episode. Yeah. He's like hurting. Hurting, I'm hurting. Hurting here. Pain. Trauma. I hope that by Ow. choosing to marry Kate now, he has someone who he can just be happy with and like honestly yes. fuck his family sometimes. I think <laughs> <laughs> like she's gonna take his feelings seriously. I think a part of why I love this <sighs> ship is that they're more authentic and vulnerable versions of themselves with each other. Yeah. But they're also just more fun. Mm-hmm. Like they seem happier. And yeah. he was smiling after he had sex with her. It was like, it's not nice. And it was a beautiful smile. It was a beautiful smile. You know, he hasn't smiled like that. Even when he was screwing around with Sienna. Oh, yeah. You didn't see that. You didn't see that. Just Happy. almost carefree. Like again. <laughs> this sounds Joy. Like- Just yeah. joy. Yeah. And like part of, okay, I'm mentioning the sex scene again, but they kept looking down at each other, like just smiling. It was like, this is fun. They were just happy. Oh! And I'm like, you both 
deserve to be happy. They're both so miserable and their family is sometime annoying. <laughs> Just let them have each other. Like, little stank. I love them so yeah. much. Off topic, but how hot was Anthony dripping wet in that parlor? Because I was like... Oh. Um, this thank you. Controversial point, but I found that way hotter than the t-shirt, wet t-shirt competition oh yeah like i did uh-huh. it reminded me of pride and prejudice he looked he looked he looked frenzied you know it was hot you know and he's just like i must speak with miss sharma you know it's like i must speak to her and he's just he's like we have to be married now i have decided yeah when they did that close-up of his hand and he's worrying the engagement ring box oh yeah you know and it's and he's, he's nervous. He's like trembling. He's trembling, and you know he looks at his watch, and you know it's just ugh. oh, his dad's watch. It's like his his dad's yeah, watch. Yes, he's, it's. I like that moment because it was like his dad was with him. In his his that dad his, and his mom. Yeah, with the and ring. His mom with the ring. Oh, and that's symbolism. such a, such a turnaround from like the beginning of the episode where he was saying that they'd be just, that he'd failed them, and I was like, no, yeah. you haven't. You'd fail no. them if you didn't end up marrying Kate. Yes. More than anything, what they want is for him to find love. Oh, mm-hmm. So sweet. Anyway, yes. let's talk about Ugh. something less sweet. <laughs> <sighs> yeah. Um, Edwina and Kate. I'm sort of frustrated mm. with the timeline because three days, guys. There was uh, When I worked out that this was set over the course of three days, I was uh-huh. like, what are you doing to poor Edwina? <laughs> like, what? <laughs> It's a handful. The whole, uh, it's like not been a week since her wedding day. <laughs> yeah. And it's like, and you're hauling her out for a promenade and off to the art museum and all of this crazy ridiculousness. And it gives the girl a chance to kind of grieve. Yeah. Yeah. Good Lord. Um, although I, I will say the scene where she says, have I always been this blind? Uh. Oh She's so my God, funny. I, so I wish Edwina had had yes. more like comedic moments this season because Charita, yes. great comedic timing. <laughs> she was like, "Oh my God, that was just perfect." I love that it was like <laughs> they're so good at lying, and then it's immediately undercut by no, they weren't. <laughs> no, no they weren't. it's like right. I mean, come on. Uh, if you if you re- if you took a moment to read the room, it would be like. Great big flashing neon lights all the way around them going, they in love, they in love, they in love, they in love, they in love. love. (laughs) And you should know. Um, (laughs) Oh my God. I just wish that they'd taken some more time with Edwina this episode because I felt like they they really underserved her. Um, She Mm -hmm. can come across a bit bitchy if you're like not paying attention to the timeline um and you're like because mm-hmm. the story is moving ahead with the kate and anthony like much quicker than edwina is able to catch up to emotionally it's, yeah exactly it's, it's exactly. another problem with taking uh, this triangle too far it's like mm-hmm. now edwina is really really hurt like this is a genuine mm-hmm. <laughs> genuine hurt i mean she is she is un if it if she could have it her way she would not be in the same room with Kate for many weeks if she had her way. It would be like, nope, I have, I don't want to have anything to do with you right now because the, the hurt would be that deep. But I don't think it's just about Kate. I think she's also having a full blown identity crisis. <laughs> like, mm-hmm. 
when she was mm-hmm. that scene in the gallery was was really beautiful i thought um i, I want more yeah. of those scenes with edwina i mean she's really rejecting this fantasy world that she was sold as a kid i mean i don't think anyone mm-hmm. who wears that much pink will be poo-pooing romance for long but you know <laughs> Yeah. I mean, I think maybe this change of perspective is healthy for her because she was too romantic, mm-hmm. like daydreaming. Yeah. I'm gonna be a vacant. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah, gotta have some real, gotta have some reality thrown in there. Moderation. <laughs> she's now mm-hmm. gone yeah. too far off the other end, where she's like, "There's no such thing as happy endings." <laughs> she's gone full goth girl. Yeah, she's having her teen rebellious phase. <laughs> yes. I expect to hear a, a classical version of some Cure song. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> Poor little Ludwig. Oh, I know. In her feels. Um, yes. I did find it interesting that in that scene, Kate was presented as the romantic one. Um, mm-hmm. Because in the first episode, she was like this tough, no-nonsense spinster girl. <laughs> And you yes. kind of got the impression that she didn't believe in all of that silly stuff. And she was just trying to get her sister married for the wealth. Um, mm. But I think yeah, she... To save, to save the family. Save the family! But she's been feeding Edwina her hopes and dreams. Mm-hmm. And I think Kate values romantic love really highly. Otherwise, she wouldn't have been advocating for it so firmly with her sister. She's... Yeah. Obviously thinking like this is something Edwina deserves, it's something Kate deserves too. Mm-hmm. So it's obviously something yeah. that she really expects for people. If mm-hmm. only she could learn she... to expect it for herself. Yeah. You know, it's like she she says, you know, at the towards the beginning of the season that her sister deserves, you know, the reason why she didn't say anything about the the deal with the Sheffields was that she knew her sister would do what needed to be done in order to, 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 um, save the family, but that Edwina deserved to find love. She deserved to have a love match. Um, and, uh, so I think now maybe Kate is realizing that everyone deserves love, even her. Everybody loves love. It yes. We are it's the world. An interesting character touch because she's, comes across as so tough and then she's like a squishy little marshmallow on the inside and yes she's just like yes she is i love love <laughs> i love <that. laughs> oh gosh and, and i look back at the episode at aubrey hall where you know she is out for a ride before the the bee incident where she's out for a ride and she looks across the English countryside and just sighs. She's a romantic at heart, isn't she? I mean, she, it, oh my god, girl is romantic up to her nostrils. Yeah. I love that. Definitely, Kate's so fascinating. Mm-hmm. She's like all of the things in one person. She's great. Mm-hmm. She's she is she is. I I mean, I remember when we first got started on on this and how excited you were. For, you know, this storyline to, uh, be brought to fruition because Kate was someone that, that you, the character of Kate was someone that you loved so much. Um, I totally yeah. get it. And I am so on board the Kate train with you. She is just a delight. If the show could just be Kate drinking tea, I would watch that. I'd be like, give me yeah. your hot tea takes. Uh. uh. <laughs> Make that chai tea. <laughs> Do something with that British tea and make it your own, girl. 
Um, one thing I really enjoyed about this episode was Kate's interactions with Mary and how Mary was yes. more a part of the story this week. Um, I, yeah, me I loved too. her self-awareness and owning up to the fact mm-hmm. that she wasn't there enough following her husband's yep. death. We'd love to see Violet admit yep. that too, but <laughs> will she ever? Did she correct Anthony when nah. she, he said he was a failure? Absolutely not. She didn't. No, uh, no. Oh, Violet, please. Can you just make your son feel loved? Would that be too much? Oh, God. Anyway. Seriously. Um, back to Mary. Uh, but, yeah, it was it was really great to um, hear her, um, as you said, acknowledge um, kind of her part in this whole mess. Um, you know, to also to be showing some love and kindness towards Kate, because in the last couple episodes that hasn't been the case it has been you know all you know all mary has been focused on is edwina and okay rightfully so since her daughter is you know having this (laughs) crisis yeah um uh you know but there's this uh you know kate just go you know that kind of thing that happened and in this episode you see that that love that she has for Kate, who is her stepdaughter. I think that's beautiful as well. Because I do too. How often do you see a stepdaughter stepmother relationship that is fraught with difficulties? Like, not that there isn't Precisely. a certain amount of tension here, but it's not the drama that you get from like a Disney movie of like the evil stepmother. Yeah, yeah exactly. <laughs> you don't have the stepmother trying to kill off the kid. Um, but, uh, yeah, I mean, it, it was lovely. And, you know, the scene where they're uh, in the bath. Yeah. And, you know, her mother suggests the lily soap, uh, which I want every single one of those bars of soap. Oh, we need to talk beautiful. about that, by the way. Cause... Oh! <laughs> uh, okay. You know, the insert, the soap insert is because Bridgerton has a range of soaps with Beekman, right? No! <laughs> It's SpawnCon, everybody! I hate it! Nice. I was like, we're doing this! Stop trying to sell me soap! (laughs) No No soap! It's like $40 for a one bar of tiny soap. I'm not doing it! Take your lily soap and shove it up where the sun don't shine. But um, Kate's smelling of lilies is oh. directly from the book. He oh. Anthony has like a whole thing about how she smells. Oh. So it was a nice little reference point for us oh. book readers to be like, yes, he's still weirdly smelling. Oh her. <laughs> God! Well, I mean, it just it just raises the stakes on the the sensuality that exists yeah. between uh, these two. Um, I mean, you know, when when you think about when you think about um, you know, being uh, in love with someone. It's all of those things oh that... Oh, smell is such an important oh, it is, uh, part of crucial. that. It's crucial. It's crucial. Sometimes I smell things and I'm like... <gasps> yeah. Um, you know, it, Not always in a good way. It could be like, no, no, uh, don't give me those <laughs> memories. Yeah, that is bad. But uh, it is such a crucial part of that 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 thing that that emotion that you know all of the things that that come into love it's not just hearts and flowers it's it is 
the way that they, the way that they look at you, the way that you look at them, the, the way that when they walk past, it's like the, the scent that they have is so powerful. You know, it, it's, <laughs> I remember there was a scene in, um, a movie, uh, it was called Singles. I don't know if you ever saw it, but oh, it I was, did. yeah, I you watched know, it was all, all the about Gen the whole X romance movies. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. And there was a scene where one of the characters, uh, goes to, uh, see a doctor about having her <laughs> sense of smell, like, yeah. removed. Yeah. Because, you know, it was, like, really fucking with her ability to kind of move on, to move past, um, this breakup. And, you know, it, the fact that, you know, he says, Lilies. Yeah. Oh, the way Ugh. he says it as well. The way he you says it. You can tell it. he's been obsessing. Is there something yes. like about this performance where you can just tell how intense it is for him and, yes. and yeah. how it's like all he thinks about and mm-hmm. also the fact that he smelled her air earlier in the yes! she's already gone she's, she's, she's gone by and he's just like <laughs> smelling and lady dabry looks at him like boy like you like... better keep it in your pants <laughs> oh my god oh my god i loved lady danbury in this episode the way she, oh, so Lady Danbury much. was, Lady Danbury is like one of the, one of the teachers in Greece when they're trying to keep the horny dancers from humping each other <laughs> on the dance floor. <laughs> oh God, but she, I mean, oh, she, she was just brilliant in this entire episode, but anyway, anyway. Anyway, the, I was going to say, thing. um, the scene where Anthony and, um, Mary are talking mm-hmm. was really important to me because I think it was the moment Anthony started to just now he's not got the burden of trying to um, maintain this facade about mm-hmm. Edwina. He can he's just fully focused on getting to know Kate better and trying to understand yeah. what's going on there with her and why they've both been resisting it. I think part of him yeah. is kind of like, well, what's holding her back? And I think mm-hmm. that was important for him to understand that they're not just fighting his own sense of duty, they're also fighting Kate's. Yes. <laughs> and it's like he, in that moment, he sort of took that burden on for b- them both. He's like, well, sh- she can't fight that off. Mm-hmm. I've got to encourage her to mm-hmm. let go as much as he's struggling with it himself. Yeah. And as much as he saw himself in Edwina in last week's episode... I think that was all about surface level society presentations of themselves. And mm-hmm. with Kate, he gets her on like a core level oh, of like... Like a, a molecular level. Yeah. Like <laughs> they, they have the same value system and the way they see the world is exactly the same. I mean, they're very different mm-hmm. externally, but they get each other on like a level that he he's never going to ha- meet another person that has feels as tensely about his family yeah. as he does except yeah. kate like sh- mm-hmm. she gets him in a way no one else will and yeah. he gets her and i think that's why this relationship will sustain beyond the one he had with sienna because like if you think about all the time she mocked his devotion to his family like he's found a woman who doesn't see that as a problem i think she admires right. him for it mm-hmm. and it's just beautiful i'm like they have met their match and the show has managed to convey all of that much more succinctly than you would get from reading the Mm -hmm. book because in the book you're in their heads and you know what they're thinking and you know 
what like the conflicts they have but mm-hmm. they've managed to convey that with just a few lines and like that's very hard so shout out yeah they've built such a good romance yeah oh yeah oh god but i talk too much about the ship yeah i'm <laughs> just like given the opportunity i would discuss kate and anthony forever but we yes. have to move on <laughs> yes. um okay the queen penelope and eloise what do I get for predicting this plot, by the way? Can we start um, with that? My eternal love and gratitude. Thank you. That That's You're actually welcome. worth quite a lot. Um, You're welcome. <laughs> giving Eloise three days to confess seemed really dumb and arbitrary. Can I just say? Can we start with that? You know yeah. it's her, apparently. So why are you giving her three days to wiggle out? Oh, God. Uh, I don't know. But I mean, I I know that, that we've both been appreciative of the plot the, or the, the plan that the Queen has had yeah. to try and unmask Whistledown. And she is almost there. And I, I really wanted to see, you know, uh, in the scene where she stands up and knocks all the pictures over, um, there were two still standing. And I really wanted to see if Penelope's picture was one of those. I think Eloise and Penelope were right in the middle, though, because I remember, like, trying to see who the others were and not uh-huh. recognizing the faces. <laughs> oh. I, don't I know. mean, I was I was hoping that, that we would wind up seeing that, uh, like, a quick pan shot uh, or something like that. That would have been a great shot. But anyway, um, I thought I actually did not mind this um, plot line at all this it's week. Good. I thought that it, yeah, it, it was good. It moved, uh, quickly. It wasn't this like long lingering, you know, across several episodes bullshit. It was very clear and concise. You've got three days, uh, to decide whether or not you're going to become an ally or if I'm going to wind up coming down on you like a ton of bricks. The line that she used, I crush you like a serpent. I was just like, oh! I, this storyline managed to make Theo <laughs> and Eloise not seem useless. Like, congrats! I yes! wasn't bored! Yes. That whole speech, mm-hmm. I was like, you go, Theo. You call her out. I know. I know. I, I was just like, bring it on. You tell, you her, tell her exactly what what she's doing, you know? And we've talked about it um in previous episodes, how, you know... Penelope, or Penelope, how uh, Eloise, you know, is, is you know, always talking about, you know, this feminist stuff and blah, blah, blah. And she's, you know, telling the other girls of the ton, well, why don't you just not do what your mom says? Um, you know, and it's like she's living in this fantasy she's world. So privileged. That, yeah, that, that ta- doesn't take her privilege into account in the slightest. And Theo was the first person to say, ah, 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 no, no. Not that Penelope um, didn't try. She constantly warned her. Like, well, yes, stop going yes. into Bloomsbury. Like, how many episodes yes. from episode two onwards? She was like, bitch, <laughs> stay out of that side of town. But, yeah, but but Theo puts it in very clear uh, words and phrases that, you know, it's like, you've played uh, with the low life. Yeah. So, you know, the privilege that you're walking around with, all that kind of bullshit, yeah, you've got that to fall back on. The rest of us out here don't. So run along back to Mayfair and leave me the fuck alone. And I was just like, yes. 
I'm just relieved that Eloise is going to finally suffer some consequences for her actions. Yeah. Like, she yep. just does whatever she likes. She And her fat. oh my god, Violet gets her lets her get away with everything she is partially responsible for this damn mess because why have you not been supervising her she should be chaperoned everywhere she fucking goes it's her first Uh, season out it's more important than ever that she sticks with propriety and Mm -hmm. she just goes yeah i'm gonna go gonna go out again by myself bye and like (sighs) yeah and you know it's like okay she's going out and doing all of these things that she's never wanted to do before, you know, flower arranging and purchasing gloves and all of these things that, 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 yeah, that, that she has never wanted to do. And you're just like, Oh, great. She's doing the things that I wanted to do. Yay. I won't have to worry about her at all. Come on now. Violet, you're a mother of eight. Like you would pick up on this shit. Um, one thing I noticed, like Theo's speech. When he was saying it, I just sort of had like mini flashbacks to all the different times Eloise has sort of fucked with her maid. <laughs> like, yeah. And watching that maid carrying that cloak, like, I was just like, mm-hmm. oh, the privilege reeking off Eloise. Like, to the, like, yes. this, she's putting that woman's job in danger as well. Cause who mm-hmm. do you think is going to suffer when she, when Violet finds out that she's been going to the wrong part of town? Yeah. I mean, uh-huh. yes, it's Eloise, but it's also the poor maid. <laughs> like, exactly. Oh. So anyway, I hope that this is like a learning moment for her because, quite frankly, she needs it. And it's not something that's just going to be like one episode and oh. done. That that there's there've got to be some lingering consequences. Um, and you know, quite frankly, I mean, this this episode um, made me so excited for season three. Because it's like Bridgertons are in some serious shit. And you know it's not going to be resolved. The Anthony-Kate thing will still probably be lingering when we get into series three. Because it's got to have, we've got to have the Bridgertons still um, uh, in a bit of a mess when it comes to the tongue. Um, I don't know how the show can possibly sustain if the Bridgertons are completely cut out society though because we need balls we need balls we need parties we need the Bridgertons <laughs> at these social events like I, as much as i think they're probably not going to be the pop as popular as they once were i think the, the show still mm-hmm. needs to throw them a few bones so that we can have oh yeah. definitely definitely i mean i don't think that they're going to be wallowing around in in no um, invitations uh, yeah, for for uh, series three, but you know it's like we're we're seeing the we're seeing the guild or the guilt come you know G I L T not the other guilt. Yeah, it has been rubbed off, and uh, you know we're seeing them as more human. You know that's they're not the the incomparable. Bridgertons. And I love that for Portia because she loves it. I um oh what God. was interesting she for does. me was Penelope in this episode. Like I put up with Eloise and mm-hmm. I love Penelope. So. Yes. Oh. What I was oh. struck by with this is like this is her Batman versus Bruce Wayne dilemma. <laughs> this is like <laughs> Exactly. This is exactly this is like, do I choose my to continue my identity as Lady Whistledown, or do I fuck it all up potentially? <laughs> yes. Um, yes. 
And she chose Lady Whistledown. She did. She did. How cutthroat of her. Do you agree with that decision, though? Do you think it's the right one for her? I don't think so. I mean, you know, she... she had the moment where, you know, she was talking to Genevieve, who suggested that Penelope go and confess. Yeah. You know? And Penelope was like, oh, I don't think the queen would see me, blah, 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 blah. It's excuses, isn't it? It's excuses. And, you know, of course she doesn't know that the queen does have a bit of a laser focus on on Penelope as one of the potential uh, whistledowns. But, you know, it is... It was very interesting to see her just kind of wave that off, Um, especially after, you know, she's been, you know, doing all of this work with Genevieve and, you know, they've got their little, they've got their little um, cabal happening. (laughs) Um, You know, here's an opportunity for Penelope to be an ally of the queen, a strategic ally of the queen. But I don't think that, that, that Penelope wants to have the pressure of the queen um, weighing down on her in her pen. I mean, because, you know, she's been, she's been pretty scathing about the queen and everyone. My take on, on why that is, I think is it's ego driven. This is Lady Mm -hmm. Whistledown is an outlet where she gets to be powerful and she gets to wield her quill like a sword and decide how the ton see things. And to have Mm -hmm. that, interrupted or diluted for her by by the queen mm-hmm. would ruin the whole endeavor for her that's it's why yeah. she is lady whistledown so that she can yeah exert some power i think she feels very overlooked and as much as oh absolutely you know and this is her the own like her only safe place where she can just be absolutely merciless mm-hmm. so wh- i mean why would she choose to give that up because if you give that up, what does Penelope really have in her life? Like, all mm-hmm. she has is yeah. this friendship with Eloise where she's constantly the sidekick. Right. It's not like El- she's always talking about whatever Eloise is up to, you know? It's never like, what's yeah. going on in your life, Penelope? It's always... Or what or what Colin's up to. And that, yeah. you know, that raises another uh, real sticky wicket that she's gotten herself into. Um, because you know, when it becomes known yeah. that Penelope is Lady Whistledown. And it will be. Um, because yeah. Oh yeah, it will be. Um, just imagine how hurt Colin is going to be. Because oh, well, not I don't only... have to imagine. I've read the books. <laughs> well, okay. Okay. Well, you know, uh, you know, as... it doesn't take it well. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> you know, she, she, you know, ruined Marina. Yeah. And broke up his relationship, mm-hmm. made it impossible. Yep. Um, she is ruining his sister, who, you know, has been her friend for so long. And, you know, when, not if, but when the ruby mine yep. that uh, scheme falls apart, because you it know will. it will. Um, it's a temporary solution uh, to their problems. These people are stupid. Oh, yeah. Um, oh, yeah. That's all gonna hit. Shit's yeah, gonna you hit. You know that that is gonna exactly, and Colin is gonna be right smack dab in the middle of it as one of the investors. But then, on the other hand, I can't help but feel like it's just a gossip column. Everyone, like, seriously, seriously, it's not. It's, this is not the way the Queen science. and Eloise are acting is ridiculous. Like, has she, <laughs> it's it's like she's committed a crime. She's never lied about yeah. anyone. No. 
she's just she has just gone beyond the passive aggressive bullshit that is usual gossip uh columns where people are unnamed or if they're named they're cleverly named uh but never outright you know she's just speaking truth and also like <laughs> eloise is all like oh crime she has committed she did not yeah she hasn't committed any crimes like three episodes ago eloise like seriously um, calm down and also like this never like this whole scenario wasn't of penelope's making i would remind everyone like no. she was just minding no. her own business when eloise went along and decided <laughs> to start stalking her so like if eloise had just left it alone she never would have been yes. in this situation where she kind of forced her hand into revealing this which doesn't yeah. ex- like excuse her actions because what she's doing is still bad but at the same time mm-hmm. i think like everyone is culpable like all th- all three of these yeah. women are making a huge mess out of their own lives <laughs> over this st- mm-hmm. stupid scandal sheet that basically doesn't yes say anything interesting most of the time from what i could tell (laughs) her little spiel about betrayal was really random (laughs) (laughs) oh god exactly exactly so so anyway the whole ruby scheme thing was fun but then will will randomly got brought brought into it Uh, oh my god well I'm guessing that Jack is going to need a place to be able to to do his do his dirty business. <laughs> um. <laughs> Sorry, I just like my mind went somewhere else with the dirty business. <laughs> I, I know. <laughs> I know. As soon as I said it, I was like, "Oh God!" Um, but you know, will Portia be involved? <laughs> Jack might want her dirty. Ah. But um, uh, yeah, I think that that it was. I think it was interesting that Will winds up being brought back into uh, the plot in this way. Oh, thank God he was, because we were seriously questioning why he was there. Why he was there, exactly. It was like, okay, why, is he just, like, went to set dressing or what? what's going on? Now we know. Now we know why he is there. He's very handsome. And, uh, mm-hmm. Set dressing, if he was. Just like, yeah. Oh, that uh, man's I mean, gorgeous. Yeah. And in real life, he, even hotter just saying just beautiful um but uh yeah we were not distracted by reggae or reggae 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 like reggae we're not distracted by by him this season (laughs) to see the the true beauty that is will um but uh anyhow uh you know i it's it is very interesting that they're going they're going here with this uh, I think it's a I think it's a good plan. I think it's a good a good plan. Um, and like I said, there's got to be a place where they're doing all of their deals, where there's there is a little bit of blackmail kind of lingering over uh, the whole situation. I also love this because last episode, obviously, Will was sniffing around, being like, "Oh, this doesn't sound right." And now he's sort yeah. of neutralized that. Jack's smart. He's mm-hmm. gone like, you know what? <laughs> you better shut up because I know some things. Yeah. Um, I, I know I know some stuff. I know enough that could really wind up getting you in hot water. And I love uh, that he's just gone full evil with Portia now. Like this is like I know. when the character first arrived, it was like, what is his role in this show? 
And like now, I'm like, oh, it's to be hilarious with Portia. Then they yes. were, when they were like giggling over ruining the Bridgertons, and he just sort of like lifted mm-hmm. his glass up at her. I was like, ah, <laughs> 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 they're like evil Bond villains, and I, I just love it. For yes, that. Yes, they really and, and found Portia their is... match. I'm like, this this works for me on so many different levels. <laughs> and you know, and Portia's just grinning. She's just like, yes. You know, it's like, you may be engaged to my daughter, but I know the truth. I know the truth. It's like, you, we're all going to be in the same house, so could, it, this is going to work out just fine. <laughs> Question, is Portia now on the top of the social pecking order? Because she kept saying, like, oh, we got all these invitations. And um, she was being benevolent to the Bridgertons, which was hilarious. I know. Um, I think that, you know, with Will, uh, beginning to, or not with Will, with Jack beginning to kind of flaunt the, the Ruby business and, and all that kind of stuff, um, that it is bringing the Featheringtons back into, uh, the circle. I, you know, she's never going to be in the same circle as the Cowpers, of course. What are the Cowpers bringing to the table, by the way? Who would want to be? Um, But, uh, uh, you know, it's like she is not feeling as though she's being disregarded. I would would love to see, like, a role reversal of last season where, like, Daphne was like, oh, I'm benevolent and I will invite you to my party. I'd love to see, like, Portia being like... Oh well, allowances must be made. <laughs> like, oh, 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 do do you a favor, but, you know, Violet, and help you out. <laughs> but based on the uh, description for next week's episode, uh, it sounds like she just may get her chance. But we'll get there in just a moment. If they want to get Colin's money, they're gonna have to be. A little friendly. Mm-hmm. So that's a good yeah. excuse. I mean, I just, yep. I love when the show sort of self references itself with like these parallels and to season <laughs> one. It's funny. Um, okay. Yes. So, uh, favorite scene. Oh, God. Um, well, okay. Sex scene. Obviously. That goes without saying. Yeah. Obviously. Um, I think the scene where they are, you know, at, Danbury's and poor Edwina has that. Was I truly this blind? <laughs> that I love is, that whole that scene. Is, it's so that good. Is such a great scene. And Newton you know, jumping on Anthony. Yes, yes. We were yes. just talking about how like they need to bond, and then suddenly it was like boom. Uh huh. I mean, oh well. Okay, I I guess Anthony, you are in the club. Uh- <laughs> Knocking him into the water has made Newton a fan of him. Yes. <laughs> like he's a good sport. Yeah. I like him now. I, yeah, I can hang out with him. Yeah. Um, but uh, I I love that scene. Uh, love Danbury using her walking stick to separate the two. Um, I thought that was hilarious. I love how offended Kate and Anthony were. Like, they were Yes, like, how dare you? It's like, come on, guys. Guys, so some (laughs) self-awareness. You were about to start making out in front of everyone. Uh, Yeah. Okay. Um, And it's been a day. (laughs) (laughs) That wedding was yesterday. (laughs) Okay. You need to simmer down just a little bit. Um, I think think the scene where... um, you know, they Eloise discovers that she is the focus of Whistledown's column. You know, and, and her reaction, and then when they cut over to I'm gonna Penelope be sitting by the fire and just sobbing. 
gonna be um, honest i was too busy mm. gloating i was like yes i got it right <laughs> i was the whole time i was like go on write the colin penelope so i can be right on the podcast <laughs> but yeah i mean i i nicola delivered a really uh beautiful performance and you know you just saw how heartbroken she was um Maybe dis maybe a little disappointed in yourself for for I mean who knows all of the emotions that could have been going through Penelope's mind at that moment. Um, but uh, I th- I thought that that was really well done. It's going to be really interesting in season three because I think the longer mm-hmm. she is Lady Whistledown, that you're kind of watching like the degradation of her innocence. Mm-hmm. She was yeah. started off so bubbly and bright, and the longer mm-hmm. she's whistle downing, the more she just becomes sort of a sad sack that. <laughs> Yeah. Like hates herself t- by the end of yeah. this episode. It's really de- just really sad. Yeah. Um, it'll be in- it'll be interesting to see how it plays out. Yeah. So bring on season three. <laughs> I know we're we're not even Wait, done with season we let, two, but yeah, let's, we need it. <laughs> let's just enjoy the Anthony while it lasts. Um, yes. Yes. I loved the scene. Uh, Anthony walking into the studio. <laughs> Yes, he was so uncomfortable. I, I'm like, that's a whole mood. I would be the same. He's like trying to have this serious conversation with his brother. Like, you, you need to start acting more responsible. And there's like some yes. complete strangers are humping in the corner of the room. <laughs> He's like, can we go someplace a little quieter? Just a little quieter. Um, but oh god, that was awesome. I love the interaction between Anthony and Benedict. Yeah, I really do. Though um, so I will say, Benedict looks way older than Anthony. Sometimes it feels really yeah. weird. It's like, yeah, I'm like, why are you giving this old man a lecture? <laughs> <laughs> oh gosh, but I and I do love his little cravats. And yeah, just how much flair he has with his cravats. I, I, I just adore. That. I do appreciate that he's constantly just trying to get Anthony to calm down and be less dramatic yes. <laughs> just like yes. it's not that serious anthony just yeah, go like, make out with her sister go make out yeah, with chill down. about the sister exactly like <laughs> exactly go just go you know what you need to do go um and the obviously the the whole dance scene with the family yeah that was really oh. nice heartbreaking for me because i'm constantly looking out for <sighs> francesca yeah <sighs> There was yeah. an odd number of people, and I kept being like, if Francesca was there. You know, it would be an even number. Yeah. Just saying, people. Oh, Franny, are you out there? Okay. I, I, <laughs> I loved watching the three ladies spinning around yeah. in their in their uh, pretty beaded dresses. I just thought that was really sweet. Uh, but, All yeah. of the different pairings are really fun, because you also got to see mm-hmm. Kate, Kate and Violet and, together, and I was yes. like, oh, the two Viscountesses. Oh. Yes. <laughs> the the Viscount I? <laughs> Who knows? But yeah, that, that scene and was then, lovely. Like, when Kate and Anthony were dancing together, I was like, they're both smiling mm-hmm. and happy, like in uh-huh, front and of skipping and just having a great time. And then they did like, like when it, when the music was stopping and everybody like chilled out, they did like an extra spin at the end and I was yes. like, Oh, these people yes. are so in love. They're so cute. I love them so much. <laughs> the choices these two always make even when they're in the background they're like up in each other's personal space oh yeah yeah there there is no personal space bubble with these guys no. i love that they can't they can't social distance <laughs> 
ironic because it's... that was how the show was filmed. Um, I know. Oh my gosh, that's amazing when you think about it. Uh, least least favorite. <sighs> Mine was the soap thing. I was just so annoyed. I'm like. <laughs> Spawn con me, okay? Oh god. I'm already buying all of the merch as it is. You don't need to do this. <laughs> yeah, honestly, it's like how much money have we spent on Pat McGrath makeup since I, this whole thing started? It, uh, <laughs> I bought oh god. hundreds of pounds worth of makeup. Oh yes. Mm-hmm. I'm right there with you. I don't look anything like her. I don't know why I'm delusional enough <laughs> to think that I can like get the Kate look. <laughs> God. Oh hey, the picture that you showed me, your your highlight was slamming. Yeah, hi- oh my god, I highly you're, recommend you're... the highlight, everyone. Yeah, the the highlighter is just unreal. It's like balm um, on one side, so you can get like a natural dewy daytime look, and mm-hmm. then highlighter on the other side for a more intense yeah. highlight. Recommend. Yeah. Pamagrath sponsor the podcast with. <laughs> We're fans. Just send us free makeup, please, as well. Yeah, please. PR boxes. I'll take a PR box. Absolutely. <laughs> so, I didn't have a least favorite scene. I loved the entire bloody episode. But now you know about the soap. Does it bother you as much as the Now thing? I know about the soap. So, you know, now I'm just like, oh my god, are you kidding I me? I would like that bathtub, though. I was like, it was almost worth it just to see oh. the bathing, because those tubs were... Yes. Those were beautiful, beautiful tubs and the flowers and the yeah. That's a way to live. Though I would actually feel yeah. very awkward bathing with my grown up sister and my mother. Oh uh, yeah. And my mom. Oh yeah. It's like, yeah, y'all won't need to see. Uh-uh. No. Um and I am looking up the soap. <laughs> yeah. Bridgerton soap. Yeah. Look 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 at it's just a white bar. Beekman. That's it. High society soap set. Oh, for God's it's sake. A bar, it's just a white bar of soap that says Bridgerton on it. <laughs> but here's the thing. I mean, you know, if it they needed to make it look like the one that they had on the set, because that's the one that I yeah, want. Yeah, well, there might be more soap coming. I think this is just the first one. The, you, the oh, packaging gosh. is of, like, it. the lady whistle down paper, and it comes in yeah. this beautiful box. But then when you get to the actual soap, it's just a bar of soap. It is, yeah, no thanks. You're dead to be soap. <laughs> <laughs> anyway, it's time for Wig Talk! Can we wig talk? Can we wig talk? Can we wig talk? Can we wig talk? Can we Kate went full spinster again with the hair. <laughs> I noticed that. She was like, nope, I'm a rapid I'm wrapping this stuff up. Didn't work. Uh-uh. No more tendrils. Uh-uh. Lots of tendrils later. <laughs> um, I also heard that Penelope's look was apparently inspired by Rita Hayworth, so Oh. You know, I was okay. talking about how it was like old school Hollywood style yeah, yeah, yeah. I was like, oh, it was on purpose. Yeah, that makes total sense. Um, I will quibble, uh, because you know, the the hairline that they have on Penelope. Terrible. Terrible. Is so awful. Uh, like the scene, Chucky, the scene, Bride of Chucky. Yeah. The, <laughs> oh God, that's horrible. Um, I laughed and coughed at the same time. Which is the that horrible sound that just came out of my face. Um, the scene where she's sitting in front of the fireplace. Yeah. She, she has a widow's peak. <laughs> yeah. And it was like, guys, get it together, okay? She can't have a widow's peak and then have this 
perfectly round five head <laughs> um, during the daytime. It, it it doesn't work. So that that is my quibble about wigs for this week. Love the queen's wig, mm-hmm. and that it matched her carriage, like the mm-hmm. whole queen <laughs> vibe. Oh yeah, she was she she had she had done that on purpose. Um, although she had, did look, it did look like she was wearing some of Jack's rubies. <laughs> <laughs> oh god! I hope that we make that a euphemism for something. <laughs> <laughs> Jack's rubies. Uh, costumes. Oh man! Can we talk about the fact that Kate was wearing a full-on bra? <laughs> yes. Oh my gosh! Yeah. Her little. Her little bralette and and panty set, so beautiful, gorgeous, so beautiful. But what the fuck? I know. But what the fuck? <laughs> it was it was very beautiful, and I really appreciated that we didn't have full out nudity in the sex scene. You know. Also, it's the middle of the night, and <laughs> you'd you'd want as many clothes on as possible. Exactly. I, I, honestly, I want to know how she got back into all of her clothes. To get home. He, she wasn't getting helped. He was Mm-mm. out of it. He was asleep. <laughs> but, uh, oh gosh. Um, so, yeah, loved her little lingerie moment. That was beautiful. Uh, the ball gowns, the ombre uh, mm-hmm. pink um, ball gown that Edwina was wearing, I thought was beautiful. Um, you know, I love those bright, vivid colors. Um, against her skin. And she's been wearing so many, you know, pale pink perfect, you know, uh, confections, uh, this season. It was nice to see her in something, uh, a little more bold. Um, so I really like that. But I did think the white dress for the ball was a bit Miss Havisham. Like, mm-hmm. what are you doing? Yeah. Like, <laughs> yeah. It's like, uh, girl, didn't you get enough of white gowns just a couple of days ago? We've all had enough. Yeah. It's, I, I think I would stay far away from white gowns for some time. I loved, um, Mary's pink velvet, mm-hmm. like floor length mm-hmm. coat thing at the gallery. Yes. And then she, she, it was like, it was, it was like a version of that blue thing that <laughs> Kate wore to the palace in episode five. Yeah. It, but it was, it's sort of like a cross between what Kate would wear and what it, we, in the Edwina color palette. And you just like smush it together mm-hmm. and you get Mary. Yeah. Which is perfect for. It was really, really pretty. For the character. Okay. Needle drop moment. You mentioned a song, um, that I was wondering what song they were playing during that scene. Ugh. How Deep Is Your Love by Calvin Harris. I, I I will have to listen to it. It's like a dance mm. song. I don't know how popular Calvin Harris is outside of the UK, but mm-hmm. this is a banger. Okay. And it's really fun okay. and really sexy. And the I just loved it. I was like, ooh, this sounds great. It sounded really good. Uh, yeah, it did. Um, of course, my brain uh, being uh, much older than yours, uh, oh, the Bee Gees. <laughs> the Bee Gees. Yeah, that's what yeah. I was like. That wasn't how deep is your <laughs> I, I don't like oh. the Bee Gees when they, the falsetto is aggressive. <laughs> <laughs> I can do a pretty, pretty good Bee Gee, but I, I won't. Yeah. I won't, I won't do impressive. it here. Yeah. It's crazy how much that was either a Bee Gee or a monkey. <laughs> like, you can't. <laughs> 
Oh God! I mean, I I am definitely a, a closet BG fan. Um, but <laughs> it's, uh, it's not the songs. The songs are bops. I just can't have. It's too much falsetto for me. <laughs> oh, they're wearing those pants too tight. I mean, you yeah. know, damn. Oh God! So I will definitely listen to that um, as soon as I finish watching the episode. Okay. Okay. Performer of the episode. Oh, Jonathan Bailey. Yeah. Jonathan. Yeah. He uh he was such a star in in this episode. Um and I swear to god the word lilies will never sound the same again. <laughs> lilies. lilies. Oh god. <laughs> uh, lilies give me headaches. <laughs> yeah, I was lilies like can, yeah, lilies can be intense, but uh oh lord, have mercy. But yeah, he was he was so good um and showed so many so many changes in emotion in this episode, you know, as the revelations were popping off in his head. Um he went I, full depressed at the beginning, like Yeah, oh yeah. But uh ugh, I thought he was marvelous. How many bees out of 5? How many bees out of 5? 5. Oh yeah. 5? Yeah. 5. Definitely. Uh but yeah, this was this was uh Oh, was so glad that we got this episode um, after episode six. So it's time for our inbox section. Uh, before we begin, I just want to say thank you for your emails. And if you haven't been read out on the show this week, fear not, because I thought it was a super juicy one. And I'm saving your contribution for our very special pure 100% concentrate inbox <laughs> podcast. <laughs> nice. So, uh, to kick things off, hey ladies, so I'm having an issue understanding the scene at the Danbury drawing room, and after, with Violet and Anthony, what are your thoughts on why Lady Danbury and Lady Violet are objecting to Kate and Anthony being together? Is it just because of the optics, Anthony being in love with his former fiancé's sister, and how it would look with the ton, or to the ton? Or are they objecting to Kate because she's not of noble birth like Edwina? Am I missing something? I really loved the conversation we see between Mary and Anthony. I think he's finally understanding Kate and the deep similarities between the two of them, what Kate went through after her father's death, and the resemblance to what he went through after Edmund's death. It also explains so much why Kate is the way she is. Kate has really had to draw on the strength from within herself the way Anthony has had to in his life. This experience has made Kate very different from the other women of the ton that Anthony is used to, uh, i.e. agreeable Edwina from episode three. (laughs) I'm sure to a lot of the ton, Anthony is very intimidating. He is very assertive, demanding, is used to getting his way. Kate also has these qualities, which is why she's not afraid of Anthony and regularly pushes back at him. They're quite literally... Two halves of the same whole, but they both need the friction between them. It just heightens the desire and emotions <laughs> they have for each other. Need that Sorry, friction. my mind went to a dirty place with the friction. <laughs> Goodness, I wonder what that could be. Uh, she continues, as the episode goes on, we can see this relationship deepening, like when the families dance together. We get our first glimpse of them actually being happy together. When Anthony spins Kate at the end of the dance and they both come back together and we get like three seconds of them in their relaxed element. Yeah. Oh, those three seconds. Um, all right, oh. ladies. 
the garden scene. It was amazing. So I'm going to petition that they should just rename this episode to About Fucking Time. I know we had to wait ridiculously, a ridiculously long amount of time for them to get together, but I love their sex scene. Their back and forth in the beginning of the scene was like watching a tennis match. A tennis match where both players end up getting naked and fucking at the end. <laughs> I'm not complaining. I wish more tennis matches ended that way. It was so I intimate. don't. I, yeah, uh, I know. That would, that would be... Uh, I watch mm. a lot of tennis, so that would be really inappropriate. So <laughs> much swapping. Oh, yeah. Mm. Be safe, people. Um, it was so intimate and heartfelt. The characters are finally both so happy. I am here for it. I want more ha- happy Canthony. Okay, so potential plot hole. How does no one find them? Bridgerton House has <laughs> like 50 servants. Do Lady Danbury, Mary, and Edwina just forget that Kate came with them? <laughs> How does Kate get home? What is going on here, people? Then we have Kate running away literally and metaphorically. Is it because she feels guilty for falling in love with Anthony? Or because she is an unmarried woman who just had sex? Both? What do you guys think? Jennifer from Chicago, Illinois. Thank you for the email, Jennifer. Yeah. Um, let's go through your questions one by one. So, <laughs> Let me scroll back. <laughs> Lady Danbury uh, and Violet in the drawing room. I think that was just purely based on the optics of how incredibly fucked the scandal yeah. is. Oh, yeah. I it's mean, like it's... they're already dealing with one clusterfuck. Let's not <laughs> add the Kate and Anthony to it. They are in an absolute mess. By the time that wedding uh, ends. And, you know, as we went through it, you know, these are all things that took place within just maybe a week of the wedding. Three days. Three days? Three days. The episode takes place within three days. I mean, it could have been a few days since the wedding, but it didn't seem like it. Because uh-uh. it felt like they immediately went into, shit, we've got to... <laughs> You've got to cover up the scandal and make it seem fine. Exactly. Um, So, you know, just think about, you know, the the level of scandal that they were dealing with. Trying to have anything happen between Anthony and Kate uh, at that time would have just been like the cherry on the shit Sunday. Yeah, Um, and I think Violet does say that it's just what they're doing is a temporary fix. Yes, for a long-term problem. Yeah. Yeah. So I don't I don't think it's about Kate's birth because, quite honestly, the show is very shit at handling class problems. Mm-hmm. Um, the fact that she's absolutely not aristocracy has not come up once at all, really. No. It would have been a bigger problem, um, but, you know, this is Bridgerton. This is Bridgerton. <laughs> those, things, those things are glossed over a little bit. Anyhow. Um, uh, the plot hole is just a plot hole. And... Oh, yeah, yeah. The plot, you mean the plot uh, canyon? It's a plot canyon. Yeah. You could set up a whole nature reserve in that bitch. Yeah. Good lord. How long were they out there? Because it was the dead of night when they strolled on up into the gazebo. Well, they, look, okay, here's the thing. It wasn't the dead of night because they got there for a ball and then they had one dance and then they went outside. So it's maybe like eight o'clock. <laughs> <laughs> oh, my God. So, yeah, it just that. The, I mean, thank you for that amazing scene. Don't get me wrong. Love me some of that scene. That was 
the best sex scene that I think the series has done thus far. It was wonderful. But, uh, yeah, it's a little unbelievable given the amount of scrutiny that Anthony and Kate and Edwina were all under at the time that they would... Just fucking, fucking, fucking the garden. (laughs) That they would let both of them just out of their line of sight for... Anyone could have seen them from somebody else's garden. Like, what if one of their neighbors just looked out the window and was like, oh, the neighbor is having sex with his fiancé's sister. Somebody please get me some popcorn. (laughs) I think I'm going to enjoy the view. (laughs) Dear Rita and Michelle, I've only recently discovered your podcast and you give me a whole new way to appreciate Bridgerton. I've even been inspired to do a slow, considered rewatch of season two, watching each episode after I've listened to each recap. The attention to detail you've devoted to recapping the show is absolutely astounding. Yeah, I know. I'm astounded by myself uh, sometimes. <laughs> oh my god. Um, yeah, I I wound up putting this one together, and Rita deserves uh, all of the crowns on the planet for what she does with the re- with the recap. It's tedious. I'm just gonna put that out there. Um, <laughs> <laughs> yeah, it it's a lot of work. So they continued, I'm looking out for split-second instances that I overlooked in previous viewings. For example, Anthony's bare feet in the library, midnight tryst, and Kate's tears in side view on the terrace before Lady Danbury approaches her in episode four. Your enthusiasm is catching and probably secretly annoying the husband whenever I burst out (laughs) in giggles, (laughs) seemingly without reason to him. Uh, while I listen to you both in bed, it becomes oh, a secret indulgence. My, my goodness. <laughs> uh, I've even listened to your episode four recap twice. It's that good, ladies. Anyhow, I'm eagerly anticipating your future recordings. Love from Australia, Jade. Good day. Good day, Jade. Good day. Good day, Jade. Oh, thank you. Thank you. Oh, my goodness. Uh, hello, wonderful women. Uh, my sister and I were watching each episode one week at a time over Zoom due to our busy schedules. I feel your pain. <gasps> one of us! One of us! I know. One <laughs> of us. Um, I feel your pain. Last Thursday, after watching episode six, we had to dive right into seven, and I'm so glad we did. So let's get right to my mini essay about this glorious and revolutionary depiction of sex. This is all capitalized, by the way. The yes, so title, um, The Power of Enthusiastic Consent, The Female Gaze, and Sex Beyond Intercourse. All right. We stand. Settle in, everybody. After some classic Canthony verbal sparring, both Kate and Anthony beg each other to stop. When they both realize they can't bear to walk away from each other, they hungrily embrace. Just as Anthony lifts up her skirt, he realizes that he's got to check in with Kate. I will stop. They both know it's a huge risk, especially for Kate, and that moment of asking for consent is at once swoonworthy and profound. Informed and enthusiastic consent, don't stop, is hot. And Bridgerton Season 2 finally gets that right here. Indeed! Season 1 certainly had enthusiasm, but was seriously lacking on the whole (laughs) informed consent thing for Daphne and later Simon. Uh, yeah. Yeah, it was definitely. Like, talk, about, talk about flying blind, you know? I was like, oh, okay. Oh, oh, oh. Is this what sex oh, is? Good. Question mark? Hmm. All right. Okay. Had to 
kind of clean my glasses because things were getting a little steamy. Anyway, uh, <laughs> Kate is comfortable and knowledgeable in her sexuality. The montage of Anthony and Kate's lovemaking implies that they had that they take time to luxuriate in and explore each other's bodies lovingly and carefully. They are so connected through breath, hands, and eyes the entire encounter. Very breathy. Like 90% breaths. The scene turns to Kate's pleasure when Anthony goes down on her. This tells us the most important thing to Anthony in this interaction is the opportunity to serve and love her in this way. This character choice is absolutely earned given his obsession with Kate. He's had plenty of opportunities to focus on his sexual pleasure with Sienna and various sex workers. This is different for him. His pleasure is totally entwined with Kate's. The things I could teach you. Oh, Oh God, God, that line. line. Oh, God, that line. It's from the book. Anyway. (laughs) Um, the tenderness of their eye contact after her climax makes me want to weep with joy. The fact that we don't see explicit intercourse, Anthony's pants remain on the whole time, is one of the most powerful choices, is one of the post powerful, oh, I think it's most, most most powerful choices I've ever seen in a depiction of a heterosexual sex act. Real pleasurable and meaningful sex can be and often is, so much more than intercourse, something the queer community has been aware of since forever. Preach it. Uh, Thank you. Uh, Thank you. Um, I also totally believe Anthony and Kate would not risk pregnancy, yet would still find a way to consummate their love. This scene was absolutely worth the wait and is the best Bridgerton sex scene yet. Yes. Yes, yes, yes. yes. I agree. I agree. Um, Also, Thank you for the thank you both for the wonderful podcast. I am so excited for your reactions to episode seven and hope you love this scene as much as I did. Uh-huh. Your fellow Cantony obsessed fan, Eliana, New York City transplant to Minneapolis, Minnesota, US of A. Thank, thank you. Such a good email. Thank you. That was that was great. I love your treatise. <laughs> <laughs> More of those, please. Everyone send in their essays. <laughs> into our inbox. <laughs> um, our next email said, Hi, Michelle and Rita. Thanks again for this podcast. It's a highlight of the week. A few thoughts on Season 2, Episode 7. One, has there ever been a man more beautiful than Johnny Bailey? Um, no. No. He's gorgeous. Yeah, it, it, it's it's really hard to say, although I have had my, my head turned around um, upside down and sideways by several uh korean oh. uh k-drama actors that i've been watching lately oh those are some very very pretty men i love the k-dramas mm. are like we're just gonna give you a scene of them in the shower for no reason more of that please. yeah thank you yeah it's like <laughs> thank you thank you uh more please number two uh, why do the Sharma women bathe at the same time? It makes for an interesting cinematic shot with Kate on one side, Edwina on the other, and Lady Mary. Oh, wait, Lady Mary wasn't in the middle, babes. Kate was in the middle. She, anyway, but it seems yeah, anyway. weird to have them all bathe at the same time. I know Lady Danbury mm-hmm. is rich and can afford three tubs, but it <laughs> seems strange to have all the tubs in the same washroom. Oh, I know. 
yeah, yeah, yeah. Three. Uh, to return to a point you made earlier in the series, how does Lady Whistledown slash Penelope think the Lady Whistledown thing ends? I mean, she antagonizes the Queen left and right and refuses to stop writing. So how does this end? Mm-hmm. I don't know. Badly. She doesn't think it through. Badly. Uh, four. four. <laughs> I need the backstory of Lady Featherington, especially her history yes! with Lady Bridgerton. Was there a rivalry there mm-hmm. when they were younger? I love seeing the grudging respect they seem to have for each other, but I want to know where it comes from. Yes. I'm sorry, but Lady Featherington is the most interesting person on this show, question mark, because, like, what's going on in her head? (laughs) We don't know. Okay, five. Oh, man. While I don't necessarily like the arrangement between Madame Delacroix and Penelope slash Lady Whistledown, I do love the relationship between the two ladies, both independent and smart, from two different social classes. I personally love that in those scenes, she's not doing that fake French accent. Yes! <laughs> oh, my God. Oh, Six. God. That's awesome. I could listen to Lady Mary talk all day, and I'm glad to have heard more from her this episode, smiley face. Especially her admission to Anthony that she should have stepped up after the death of her husband instead of leaving the running of the family to Kate. Yes. Why did Kate and Anthony, Anthony, mostly Anthony, discuss their kiss in such a public place as an art gallery? <laughs> Right? Okay, to be fair, he's doing that James Bond thing where he's like, just, oh, I just happened to be looking at this statue and talking at the same time. (laughs) (laughs) He's gone full spy mode. Oh, Lord. Uh, They're surrounded by members of the Ton. While they attempt to speak in soft voices, I can't imagine that no one hears what they're discussing. Infuriating. Penelope could have heard them at any time. Anyway. Oh, my gosh. Yes. Edwina's choice to attend the Bridgerton's Harmony Ball in admittedly Victorian bridal white is a choice. (laughs) Nine. (laughs) The dance at the Harmony Ball is one of the highlights of this entire series. The absolute joy every person exudes during that scene is infectious. Ten. I've read a few articles lamenting the lack of sex this season. The payoff in this episode's sex scene is absolutely worth it for me. I love that Anthony and Kate have been physically close to each other at different points throughout the show without consummating their relationship. In this episode, I was especially taken with the hand-holding slash hand-grasping while Anthony went down on Kate. That is so real and indicates true intimacy. Okay, that was more than a few thoughts, lol. Thanks for your patience. (laughs) Best, Maggie. Thank you, Maggie. (laughs) I'm glad other people noticed the hand-grasping thing because it was like... Oh my gosh. We know yeah. we, we love some it hand is. porn. Mm-hmm. Hi, ladies. To answer your questions from the last podcast, see how I pay attention? Q1. Did binge watching episode 2.6 work better? I honestly can't remember what I thought of 2.6 uh, the first time. I think it made the urge to binge greater because 2.6 just caused more problems that you desperately needed answers answered, like right now. Um, I think 2.7 and 2.8 were kind of a blur after that. We needed to see how they were going to fix it. And now, Q2. Can you read the books out of order? I think if you have watched season one, then you have been spoiled regarding Whistledown, so you can read the books in any order. Now, if the question is if the show should change the order, well, that's a discussion I will save to the post-season mailbag because I have been thinking about that way too much. Okay, we look forward to that email. So, episode 2-7. Does it not resolve anything 
and also opens up new cans of worms. Um, Penelope's. Yeah, that works. Yeah, Penelope's. That works. Uh, we have more questions than answers at the end. Thus, why I don't think any binger could stop on 2.7 either. Again, kudos to you two for having that self-control. How is this ball going to fix the Bridgerton and Sharma problem? I guess I don't understand enough about Regency society to understand how that was ever going to work. It was fun to see the two families dancing, though. Why does Kate disappear into the Bridgerton garden for what had to be a long time and no one notices? Mm-hmm. Uh, was Mary still that mad that she didn't care? I don't think... No. Do, it it's does... just a plot hole, people. Just not trying to find meaning. It's yeah. It's yep. It's it's a hole. It's a hole. Um, why did Penelope not come to the ball? I guess she would have come, have to come with her family. Funny how multiple times in the episode, Colin and Eloise tell Penn how loyal she is. Yeah, they're beating us upside the head with a hammer uh, about how loyal she is, simply to kind of say, okay, remember this. She sucks. Remember this. A bitch, because she's not loyal or something. Question. She didn't call herself loyal, though, so, like, fuck you, show. <laughs> like, this is, like, a, an identity that's been imposed by other people, can I just say. Mm. Let's see. I like that Eloise is suffering some consequences and that Theo told her to mind her privilege. Yes. I read that Julia Quinn thought that the Eloise-Theo story was more about Eloise realizing her privilege than it was about romance. Note that Julia Quinn did not write that storyline. I don't think that Eloise has fully understood her privilege. No. Um, let's see. I kind of wanted Eloise to pretend to be Lady Whistledown for the Queen. That would be I know good. it would mean the end of Lady Whistledown. What else could Penn do at that point? But I just would like to see Eloise go through that. So now Penelope has betrayed two Bridgertons. Can they really forgive her? It's up the stakes for Penn coming out as Lady Whistledown. Again, I don't see how they get out of this. We finally get some sexy time. Yay! Best costume has to be Kate's undergarments. Definitely not period appropriate, but so gorgeous. Can't wait to hear the R&M opinions. Keep up the fun. Your old friend, in a good way, Carol from Connecticut. Ah, uh, Carol. <laughs> uh. <laughs> we see you, boo. <laughs> the next email said I'm loving your podcast it's nice to hear other people have the in-depth conversations about the show I want to have mm. I was kind of surprised by both of your takes on the episode The Choice I wondered if some of your opinions will change after watching the rest of the season it felt like the title of the episode had less to do with Edwina choosing and more to do with Kate and Anthony having to deal with the choices they had made. And mm. then finally letting one of the choices they thought were right behind them and doing the one thing they wanted to do for a while. Thank goodness. I mean, I only say that because the show kept going, Edwina's going to make a choice over and like it, mm -hmm. they literally, they had characters say that three or four different times. So anyway. Yes. Edwina's blindness to their many looks doesn't bother me. She's young, has been sheltered, and she's pretty selfish. <laughs> she's been raised to this, and Kate hasn't. We've all been in, or at least I have, situations where we put on blinders and see what we want to see. I don't think it was on her radar Kate would ever have those kinds of feelings. It is weird she is disappointed Anthony doesn't love her. I'm pretty sure he said he couldn't offer her that from the beginning, however. <laughs> 
Yeah, yeah, it is. I think she wanted the lifestyle he offered, and he was nice mm-hmm. to her, so I guess that was good enough. Uh, back then, that probably was more than enough. I think my problem with that is that she suddenly had a change of heart and was like, no, I need you to love me. I deserve love. I'm like, yeah, that wasn't what was on the table, Edwina. Mm-hmm. I don't mm-hmm. really even view the relationship as a triangle. You have two people who love each other and three people doing what's expected of them by society and what they've all created for themselves in their heads. I love this season and the slow burn. I've rewatched the Canthony scenes too many times and I'm interested to hear your take <laughs> on the rest of the season. Laurie. Thank you, Laurie. I mean, thanks, Laurie. Um, to be clear, when I know we call it a triangle, I'm not, I don't think we're either of us are talking about like a traditional love triangle where there's two girls mm-hmm. competing. For one man i mean i'm not i i think if anything it's like kate's in the center of the triangle and she's choosing between anthony and edwina like this isn't twilight there's no like team kate versus edwina <laughs> thing um i think thank god yeah thank god that would have been fucking annoying um but i for all intents and purposes this is still a love triangle though because it serves the same narrative function as a triangle mm-hmm. i mean it's conflict between two relationships and it drives the plot for most of the season and causes a lot of dramatic tension with the leads so it's a triangle i mean it's a subversive take on it but still a triangle so mm. yeah let's see me again okay me we'll figure out who you are in a minute uh by the way i have never reached out to a creator before so i'm clearly invested in this story (laughs) goodness we're creators i know i thought we were just people talking on the internet Thank you. We're happy you've reached out to us. Um, I love your deep dives and the perspective each of you bring, having read and not read the books. I am reading the books after the season ends and seeing how they craft the show from the source material and, frankly, how much better I think the show is rather than the book. How could we even have Bridgerton without Queen Charlotte? How could we have Bridgerton without the constant character of Lady Danbury? Lady Danbury. Lady Danbury is in all of the books. She's always there but uh, is she as prevalent no but to be honest it's quite fucking weird how she is this prevalent (laughs) like they're really having to pull shit out of their asses for the show to like get the queen and lady danbury in all these scenes i'm just saying (laughs) oh my goodness um in josh smith's podcast rain episode 42 with simone ashley she speaks to kate and anthony's intimacy at the 24 uh, minute 30 second mark, Simone talks about Kate giving her consent by saying, don't stop, don't stop, and how it was important to show Kate saying, I want this, I want this. She says she hopes that part of their relationship would be explored even more in season three. Oh, please. Yes, yes, please. Please, desperate. Please. We're dying here. We're literally dying. Please. Um, I really appreciate your chemistry together. You ladies just kill it episode after episode. And I'm going to have to just listen to your podcast over and over again until season three comes out. Thanks again. Here's a photo of Anthony the morning after. Pants are still on. Aaron. <laughs> I, I, oh, look at that. dear God. We're looking at that photo and I'm just like, there's like four pillows, a whole bed sheet. Oh, yeah. This is fucking ridiculous. Yeah, yeah this was set up for, for somebody to get busy <laughs> this is that night. Crazy. I mean, I, I would I would also like, please, someone, give me the dates and where you got this. I would love that to be my new bedsheets. I know. They're beautiful. They're beautiful. 
thank you so much, Erin. Thank you. I'll stop slobbering over the picture now. Okay. <laughs> uh, next email said, so many thoughts about this episode. Firstly, I love Penelope's daisy dress. Yes. Yes. We forgot oh, to mention so the daisy dress. Um, it's so pretty. Isn't it interesting, the unacknowledged fact that a lady of a larger dress size is essentially invisible? Mm. Mm-hmm. Some things never change, I guess. Secondly, nope. Eloise needs to let it go. go. Let it go. Let it go. Yes. Her <laughs> obsession with Lady Whistledown is getting annoying. She was my favorite. Getting it got. <laughs> she... it, it, it's been <laughs> it's, annoying. It was annoying in season one, okay? You just... Everyone wasn't on my page yet because you were all, like, obsessed with her being a secret feminist. Um, yes. And then, like, <laughs> now you're finally understanding she's annoying. Uh, <laughs> she was yes. my favorite. In- <laughs> the, guild, the guild is off the lily, so to speak. She was my favorite in season one, but now it's definitely Benedict. His background facial <laughs> expressions crack me up. Oh, my God. Yes. Finally, Anthony had his light bulb moment in the gazebo when he said, what if they did something for themselves for once? It took him long enough to get there! Exclamation mark. Yeah. I wonder how many times mm-hmm. the actors knocked teeth when they dove in for that kiss. <laughs> and the one in the previous episode. Maybe that's why the camera was so far away. Uh, love listening to your commentary. Gwen from Kansas City. Hey, Gwen. Thank you. Hey, ladies, I have been struggling to move on with my life since I binge-watched Canthony's season, so I was well chuffed to discover your podcast as it allows me to stay in this bubble a little longer. I agree with your frustrations on episode 6, and like you both, by the end of that episode, I was very worried about how they could possibly give us all a satisfying wrap-up of Canthony's story with the two hours remaining. Especially when so much screamed, excuse me, oh my gosh. Okay, you just got up. It's it's time for me to go to bed. Um, let's see. Um, especially when so much screen time is given to other subplots. While I understand that this is TV and multiple subplots are were added for drama, it was annoying that so much time was given to non-Canthony characters despite it being Cantonese season. To be fair, I don't actually think the problem is the other subplots. I think the problem is they dragged out the wedding shit for too long. Yeah, they they really did. Um, let's see. Loved the episode loved episode 7, which I have renamed the episode where Anthony sniffs Kate <laughs> constantly. <laughs> Sorry, I was trying to drink some water and like I nearly snorted it all out. <laughs> <laughs> She goes on to say, seriously, the man is feral, but we are here for it. Understand? Yes, we are. (laughs) Uh, The tension and chemistry between Anthony and Kate is amazing and, dare I say, much better than Daphne and Simon. You said it. (laughs) I particularly, I I know, this is an email that came from somebody. Don't don't put this on us. Not, mm -mm, no. I particularly love how you can see the love story being told each time their hands touch. From the bee scene in episode 3, to the palm touch during their first dance in episode 4, to the ring, thumb stroke, and lake scene in episode 5, the bangle and closet scene in episode 6. Despite their bickering and arguing, whenever they touch, they are so gentle with each other, and they communicate their love without words. So it was beautiful to see this in episode 7 as well, when they once again hold hands during that scene. 
a perfect depiction of how in love and connected they are. His speech and the way he says, go inside. (laughs) I need to watch that scene again now. Thank you, everyone. Yes. We all witnessed his last thread of honor snapping. The scene was so intimate and much sexier than all of the season one sex scenes combined. We also need to acknowledge how much he loves her and was prioritizing her and her enjoyment. Swoon! I could go on, but I died watching that scene and died again when Kate had flashbacks from the night I think before. the flashbacks were hotter. I was like, ah! Oh. oh my god, yes. It's like oh the god, greatest yes. hits of that scene. <laughs> mm-hmm. Yeah. I want to see more of Cantony post-angst and in love. They better give equal time to Cantony on subplots in season three and four. Can't wait to hear your take of the finale. I'm starting a petition for a two-hour epilogue podcast from both of you so we can get your final thoughts on this whole season. I think this episode's going to be two hours, by the way. Oh, yeah. So, you know. That one's going to be four, <laughs> by yeah, that logic. Yeah, that, one, that one's probably going to be like a two-parter, I think. Um, looking forward to next week's podcast, and thanks for keeping me in the Cantony bubble. Uh, TP, thanks so much. Uh, hi, ladies. You're nearly there. <laughs> Only one hour of Bridgerton left. We'll be a little bereft when you're done. Oh my god, I'm like already in Mm -hmm. depression mode. Mm -hmm. I decided to rewatch the episode to prepare for your podcast and found myself fast forwarding through a lot of it again. (laughs) Grimace emoji. (laughs) Anyway, here's a quick list of observations in no particular order. One, not sure if I like Sulky Edwina. Two, Mary mentioned the Liddy Soap. Good for the nerves, eh? That's not all it's good for when Anthony's around. (laughs) Sniff, sniff, sniff. Three. Loved happy Anthony dancing with his family. Lovey. What emoji? How would you describe that emoji? Like hearts on the face? Oh, that's like the three hearts. Face. The swoony emoji. And wanging it's wanging <laughs> wangling Rang- probably Wha- wrangling. wrangling it so he gets to dance with and hold kate yes clap emojis Yay. uh yes. Four. why does lady danbury have slash need a cane so she can hit people with it five yes. has francesca <laughs> just fallen off the face of the earth not even and oh she's back with the aunt what's her name practicing piano forte again yeah <sighs> Like, I can't even talk about that, okay? It's just, it's crushing me. Uh, Six, Eloise and everyone she had scenes with. Meh. Meh. Although I do enjoy her line, is all of this truly happening because a woman merely changed her mind? Yes. Yes, it is. And we love the drama. Eight, Colin, what are you doing? No. Uh, Nine. I think Benedict might have a drinking problem. Agreed. <laughs> Ten. Could that be. gazebo scene. <laughs> I will stop. Yes. Do not stop. Kate saying what we, the <laughs> audience, are all thinking. Nay screaming at the telly. Uh, we've waited seven episodes <laughs> for this moment. Do not stop. Cry laughing emoji. Uh, well, I'll leave it there, although I could go on and on. Thanks again for the podcast. I'm really enjoying it, and I can't wait to hear what you think about episode eight. Take care. Mary from Ireland. Thank you, Mary. Oh, God. What wonderful email. Thank you, everyone. Thank you so much, you guys. Okay, so time to talk about episode eight. All right. (laughs) Are you excited? On a scale of one to ten, how how excited are you? Oh, my God. You have have no idea. I mean, I (laughs) am 
counting the minutes until I can upload this to you. <laughs> and I can scamper off and go watch this. So, it's called The Viscount Who Loved Me. Yes! Book title. <laughs> yes. And the description reads as follows. Anthony lashes out as he awaits news of Kate. Spoiler alert, she's gonna be fine. Uh, while <laughs> Eloise turns to Theo for help with Lady Wisdom. Oh. For God's sake, woman! Stop it! Lady Featherington plans a grand ball. <laughs> Oh my god, that is going to be so much fun! Can you imagine how tacky it's going to be? Oh, I'm going to die. Oh my god, it's going to be all kinds of awesome. I can't wait! What are you most excited for? Um, well, obviously excited for a uh, resolution of Canthony. Mm-hmm. Uh, I'm also excited to see kind of how the Bridgertons are navigating this new scandal that has hit the family um, and how how that is going to shake itself out um, and leave us with a, a cliffhanger for series three. I'm hoping. I'm up for a cliffhanger, except not with Canthony. No. No, 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 no. That needs to be resolved. I think <laughs> also the whole major head trauma thing might help resolve Kate and Edwina. Yeah, I do, uh, yeah, I do too. I think that's going to be a really pretty quick... Uh, turn around like oh my god i'm sorry i was you know blah 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 obviously so, sisterhood is more important than quick. boys let's be friends forever yeah yes so so yeah i'm 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 really looking forward to it i will be sad that it's over i am worried like the post episode depression <laughs> <laughs> yes <laughs> that is a ine- that inevitably takes place one good thing is that, you know, we'll now be able to go and run around um, in the Bridgerton social media stuff oh. without having to dodge um, everything, <laughs> everything um, and maybe get caught up on, you know, if there's been anything going on for prep of series three. Yep. So that'll be that'll be fun to, to find out. So, well, that is all from us this time. We will be back next week recapping and discussing the final episode. Until then, uh, please follow us on social media. We are at In The Books Network on Instagram and Twitter. We are also on Tumblr if you want to send in some anonymous questions. The ask box is always open. And we need to know what you thought about this. I know we're talking about doing... Um, a show where we do um, all of the inboxes that we receive uh, at the end of the show. So please uh, feel free to reach out to us at inthebooksnetwork at gmail.com and we will read you out uh, in our inbox section. And uh, remember to subscribe, rate, and review because it really helps us reach a larger audience. Um, and it also warms our hearts more than we can say. I see heart loves Uh it. (laughs) Anyhow, thank you all so much for listening, and we will see you soon. Bye. Bye. All you ladies pop that thing like this. Shake your body, don't stop, don't quit. All you ladies pop that thing like this. Shake your body, don't stop, don't quit. Just do it. Do it. Do it, do it, do it now Do it good, lick this just like you should Right now, lick it good, lick this just like you should My neck, my back, lick my just like that My neck, my back, lick my just
from the back up to the front Then you get it all, keep me up on ya Make sure I keep my eyes on ya All over the club and stuff A real player show me so much love The best love comes slow and long Knows how to stay down on ya All night till the crack of dawn Real good, keep it coming strong Through the night making so much love Dead sleep when the sun comes up So lick it now, lick it good Lick this just like you should Right now, lick it good Lick this just like you should My neck, my back, lick my Just like that My neck, my back, lick my Just like that You might roll dubs, you might have G's But so what, player, get on your knees A girl like me moans and screams The missus know what I mean At the club so fresh, so clean A girl's hating fellas watching me Standing out in the line so clean With a unit on my face so mean I got a big watch fella I need They take me out, spend this money on me You try me, I make you see No other girl got nothing on me So lick it now, lick it good Lick this just like you should Right now Yeah.